are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, a post-Super Bowl Monday edition of the show. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your How was your weekend? I personally want to contribute to the hot takes that I think Rihanna's halftime uh, thing was good, and I liked it. That's <laughs> that's what I'd like to add was, to the the discourse. W- was there anybody who didn't like the halftime? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Other than yeah, we, we all know who didn't like the, well, the halftime I mean, show, and and even <laughs> among those, uh, well, we can we can excuse the the traditional suspects. Other people thought it was well. I would say a lot of people said it was bad until they found out that she was pregnant. And then I feel like people were like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to reel back my criticisms <laughs> of her not moving around a lot. Like other than yeah. that, I'm a pro Rihanna show, I think we could say this. That's a, that's a firm commitment. Yeah. <laughs> the show can deliver. It was a good, uh, it was a good performance. Enjoyable yep. performance. I think, I think overall, um, the, the, beat the, Prince. The, the, nothing, the, nothing beats Prince for me. It's Prince's Prince and Beyonce are, uh, one and two and then everything else is it, fighting. Yeah. I would, I, I, I would, I would contend, especially the Prince performances is legendary. Mm-hmm. Legendary months halftime performances. Uh, commercials apparently work very meh. From I think what, <laughs> from what I've been hearing, uh, I, I I was at a party they did not have the. They're kind of like my attention got drawn to some commercials. I won't say like I can rate every single commercial. But oh, well, that's unfortunate because that's going to be the entire show. We were going to rate and discuss every commercial. <laughs> I I was I was noticing. I have been trained. We all have been trained. To like watch something, and then when the commercials come on, you bring out your phone and just like flip flip around. You're not paying attention. Yeah, but this is like the one time that you want is the inverse. You want to be paying attention for that. So it took me a good. It was like the second quarter, but before I realized, like I've missed all of these commercials. I've just been on Twitter like, uh, <laughs> when the commercials come on. I think Whoops. I think the the famous one is the Tubi commercial, which got yes. I got everybody. I think. Um, in the fact that it kind of like made it seem like someone was controlling the remote. Um, I don't know. That, like, I, I think those weird commercials, like, is, is it effective or is it like actually like, like, is that an effective commercial? Like you remember it, like it's one of the commercials you remember, but is it an actual effective commercial in actually like advertising the product? That's what I, I would say. About that. Yes, because I've never heard of Tubi before. And now I have said the word Tubi and thought <laughs> the word Tubi. Ted, I, I just realized this is this is making me realize how long we've been doing this. I think we have just done this particular bit at least three times. Like I remember us being on this podcast talking about commercials after the Super Bowl. So we, it's we're in this. I, thing. I have we're, no memory. <laughs> well, I'm I am afflicted slash cursed slash blessed with a Rain Man esque level of memory uh, and throughout my whole life. And I can guarantee you, I there's probably a RFK refugee scribe who has listened to every episode multiple times who could who could verify, but. Trust me, it's real. Anyway, Ted, uh, how was your weekend other than the Super Bowl things? Uh, my, my weekend was busy. I uh, had to work overnight, um, Ooh, which is when you're deployment. at IT. When you're in IT, that's a that's a part of the job. So yeah, uh, late night, Saturday, Friday night into Saturday morning, um, and then I uh, I did manage to to sneak out of that, and uh, I went to. Uh, went to see um, the Book of Mormon here in Richmond, so that was an incredibly funny performance. Of course, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, legends when it legend legendary satirist. So, was that at Altria or where that, was that? It was Altria, yeah, Altria Theater. So, good performance. Had a good weekend. Um, 
saw the saw the parents, saw the folks as well. So, um, but yeah, let's let's uh, enough of that. Let's jump right into as I'm as I'm like I'm I am beyond exhausted. Everybody from Super Bowl party from this weekend. So this is going to be a fun show. I'm not going to be as it's not going to be as tight as it normally is, which is never. That's, it's never. It's <laughs> never. <loosey-goosey. laughs> That's right. But Ted Ted just admitted to being tired from a party. This is the raging thirty year old party, thirty year old podcast right now. <laughs> This is how we roll. Uh, and then work. And you're, I think we're all, I think we're all feeling it right now. Oh boy. Oh boy. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're ready for ready some real soccer. Let's, but let's talk. Let's talk. Let's go. Uh, de- let's go play rumors. We had a, a player rumor. We were having like, I was about ready to talk about, you know, the, the roster seems like it's complete. Although Wayne, I think had dropped sort of hints. They were looking at one or two more players. Uh, this appears. Maybe this is the player. This is of course a report from Scandinavia um, for Ibrahim Sadiq. I'm going to say is the is the pronunciation of that um, a right winger. So an, an attacking talent. If you were looking for a center back, you are disappointed yet again. <laughs> uh, the team, I think the team is 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 they're pretty much what they got. They're going with what they got at center back. So um, he is uh, 22 years old, uh, plays in, I think it's Sweden, I believe. Yep. He um, plays for the same team uh, that uh, Mohamed Jadzi plays for. Okay. For. So. Maybe that maybe there's some influence. Nope, that is not true. Oh. I'm so I am sorry. Nope, that is not true. Uh, he played for uh, Hammerby, and this is on Hacken. Yeah, that's everyone's favorite team. Everyone's <laughs> second team, Hacken. Yeah. So a uh, uh, two. The they're reporting a sort of a two million dollar figure. I think is what um, they're saying that there was a deal apparently going to be done with uh, France with Saint Etienne and a two million dollar deal. That was going to go through, fell through, and and now it remains unclear. Unclear why the deal failed, but DC apparently is interested. Um, thoughts he might be a TAM player. Um, again, pure speculation. I guess he could potentially fall into the under-22 initiative, but, I mean, there is a complication in that because DC has um, three over age, which is, is, is of the dumb rules that MLS came up with. I think this one this one takes the cake. And, uh, and I don't think not a lot of people talk about it. But basically, because uh, DC United has um, Taxi Funtas, because they have uh, uh, Tia's Click, and because they um, also have um, uh, Christian Benteke, both who are over the age, I think, of like 22, 23. 21 or something like that, like, like somewhere, somewhere around that range. They cannot have, they cannot have because uh, the uh, maybe DC was a part of this group. There are clubs that apparently don't want teams being able to spend money. So you get one under 22 initiative player. If you have overage DPs, if you have one under younger age DP, you have the ability to uh, spend on two. So I don't think he, I think he would be a TAM level player. He would count, you know, against the cap. Uh, so kind of kind of a weird situation in which DC cannot use this. I mean, use this initiative to buy this player, have him not account against the cap. They could spend whatever transfer fee they wanted, and uh, unless they look to maybe graduate Christian as uh, uh, Chris Durkins, uh up up, I think maybe there's some people suggest that they might be able to do that. But we'll see. Tam level player. Um, early reports, he looks like a right winger. I think I watched some highlights. He looks like your classic sort of speedy white winger. I'm not sure we have really any other real information on him. Um, we'll see. Well, again, because Hacken is everyone's favorite second team. Oh yeah, I have. I have been putting together a all over the TV. Of my own. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you can definitely watch the uh, the Alvenskin uh, in on Apple TV. For certainly, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Yep. No, we've got nothing. I think it's a experienced player to spell the Jackson Hopkins and uh, Ted mm. Ted Cudi Pietras of the world and. Maybe this happens and maybe it doesn't, but I don't think that's going to make this. This this will not either break 
nor make the team, I think, most likely. But I, I will say, I will say, I think I did found if this deal does go through, I think I have found a potential angle for my Twitch streaming of DC United FM because I purchased a bright winger, a Peruvian wet winger. I can't think of his name right now, <laughs> but he's on my stream. I purchased him uh, mostly due to a catastrophic injury to Andy Nahar in my stream, which hopefully real life does not. And that's so unusual to have Andy <laughs> Nahar have a catastrophic injury. Is it a lower it, body injury? Uh, no, it's, it's like a torn Achilles or something like he is oh, like done. He is done, done, done for the year on the season ending injury list on the game. Um, but yeah, if you want to check it out uh, Thursday night, Thursday nights, um, I'm going to be doing some football manager streaming. Give us a chance. We, we can't watch any preseason games and we'll get into, we'll get into a little bit about why, although maybe isn't that surprising as to why. Um, but because we can't watch them, I figured, Hey, why don't I jump on? I, I can football manager. If you don't know, is very good at allowing you to, um, to customize, to change up the rosters, to customize the rules. I have all the USL and lower division teams that are active in the game. Um, Cause it made the game more interesting. And uh, we are playing some football manager um, and I'm going to be playing with the new players, kind of figuring out what I, how I would play this team. And we'll see if I do a better job than Wayne Rooney. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I will. Uh, Maybe I will. So fun. Check it out Thursday nights. I'll be doing that. I'll be in the chat being like, I don't understand what this is. I'm very confused. (laughs) So look for me there. Uh, Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's talk. Uh, so we, I think we missed this week. So we might, we might be treading on old news that a lot of other people have talked about. Uh, Apple TV platform launched with some videos. They launched it on uh, February 1st. Both John and I jumped right in, grabbed it. Um, before I get into it, John, give me some thoughts. What have you, what have you been thinking of it so far? I love the interface, but that is kind of obvious because I'm mm-hmm. an Apple TV head and have been for a long time. I have watched most of everything available um, even <laughs> I watched the ML, you know, they, they have the MLS weekend review show and they did a season yeah. review show. Talk about, it's like listening to a podcast at nine X speed. It was, they still showed <laughs> the score to, for every single game that was played in the entire season. I was like, uh, okay, I guess this is helpful to see like three seconds of a game and then have to see the score. I guess that was cool. Um, but I have watched, I used to watch that, uh, on YouTube. I think they mm-hmm. used to post it and on ESPN plus maybe. Uh, I think it's great. I'm happy for it. I'm really excited to see what happens once the season actually starts. Um, and also, I think the reviews, the wraparound show, all stuff's going to be really neat. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I have similar thoughts as well. Um, it, mostly just based on, you know, obviously what dropped, what's been pointing out a lot is that a lot of the stuff is retreads. Uh, you know, they had the whole ritual thing where they were supposed to showcase the club and they showed up still a great if you haven't watched it a great piece on on uh javier chico Solores, who a fan who passed away and sort of what he meant to dc fans and and the naming of the of the chico stand uh at audi field so just a good a good video but one that has existed you know existed on the team's website um a lot of the other player profile stuff was pretty cool um Again, it's a lot of the iconic players. Again, that that was stuff that's kind of ripped up. I'm loving some of the some of the classic um, the classic games. I've kind of tuned in. I, you know, when I was up late, obviously working on Saturday, I just kind of said, "Well, I'm just going to have this game and just have it autoplay." It's just going to you know pick a random classic MLS game. So um, I saw some some pretty fun moments. Uh, really made me appreciate how far uh, TV uh, broadcasting, particularly on the audio side, has gotten. Uh, trying to go back and watch 99 MLS Cup um, is is interesting to tell you the truth. Uh, audio mixing is 
is something you don't think about like in sports broadcasting, but trust me, it makes a big difference. But you know, I think it's a, it's a good start. I think it shows the potential of what this could be, you know, as sort of a content hub, a place for and I think it's up to the clubs to go in and do it. Um, I've been a little disappointed. It kind of came out. There was a lot of content there. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? You know, let's get ready for the season. Let's have more. Let's get out more content. And there hasn't really been there hasn't really been a whole lot. Like even one, I thought, oh, we have a new a new play legend players series. And then it was like, oh, it's just the videos. You just took some videos. And then here's a game they played in. That's a classic. And like, we're just going to reorganize that. And I was like, okay. Uh, so look forward Ted. I think that's, I think the, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well, again, we can't watch preseason games. So we have like, you know, I feel like it's, and let's talk about this. Uh, if you've noticed, there've been a lot of, uh, Twitter updates, some teams being very coy, uh, DC United in particular being very coy about sort of giving play by play, uh, other, other social media groups, not so much. Um, but if you remember, Past years, you've been able to watch preseason games, you know, on on live streams the clubs produced. They were always geofenced. Uh, but with this new Apple deal, no more live streams, uh, at least not from the clubs. So a little bit disappointing, I think, from from you know from the sickos' perspective. Of I want to watch this unnamed trialist score a banger from fifty yards out. Um, but John, I guess you know, I, I hope it is. I hope this is just due to the fact that. It's just they weren't able to really get all of this together. I think it is a missed opportunity that they couldn't at least put something out there. I think it would have been at least a test bench where they could maybe have gotten some of these, you know, some of these play by play guys into the stands, gotten them to maybe try out some camera work, try out some different things. It still feels like kind of a missed opportunity. I think they just weren't ready in time. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think they, you know, I am loathe to use business cliche on a podcast about soccer, but they are building the plane while they are flying it here. I think they're not, I think they're not close to ready to even produce games. So this is just a matter of like, if we can just wait a couple more weeks <laughs> before we have to make a public facing product, we'll take it. So I think next year that maybe, maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll take care of it next year. Yeah, I, I think, I think it would be. It would behoove them to play some content. I think there would be you're, you're appealing to the diehards. The diehards want to watch their team. They want to get excited. I, I, I hope we'll see. I hope we see some more organization from the preseason. I would I would love it. You know, the NFL does it. You know, they have a set schedule. They release of games for preseason. I think I think MLS would be it would behoove MLS to have a similar to have something similar. So uh, of the Apple news, we do have uh, Moses Linares, the uh Long time, well, not long time, but he's been the Spanish DC United broadcaster uh, for at least a couple of years, I believe. I'm trying to remember when they launched that Spanish package. I think it was after after the Flow Sports deal died. Uh, he sort of came on. He has been announced as one of the Apple TV deal uh, announcers in Spanish, which is you know a very good thing. Obviously, Dave Johnson. Uh, Dave Johnson has not been one of the English language broadcasters, and there's a lot of missing names that have been legends, legends for soccer broadcasting. Um, but a good, good to see for him and good to see DC United getting some representation um, on the MLS uh, Apple lineup. So congratulations to him. Indeed. I mentioned this being the podcast of the mid, mid to late thirties uh, party guys for our live viewers. I'm about to take on air some, tu- <laughs> some Tums because I had a heartburn uh, from having a sub a couple hours ago, so just wanted oof. to live you. Oof. And podcasters, listening later, you can hear me crunch the chalk. Yeah. 
Oh, great content, John. I'm sure our listeners are this is called completely, completely, content. <laughs> completely thrilled. Yes, by the way, 12 days, 12 days to the MLS season starts. And one thing we do not know about what's going to what the MLS season is going to be hold is just what is the playoff format going to be, which I think is a little bit. I don't know if it's an underreported story, but I think MLS is worthy of some criticism here. It is kind of unbelievable to me that we are 12 game, twelve days from the season starting, and we still have no clue just how many teams are going to be in the playoffs, what the format's going to be like, what the schedule's going to look like. Uh, they've apparently been they've been sort of uh, playing around with several different ideas, and I think they're leaking these ideas to say, like, to basically gauge response. It very much feels like that. First, there's the group stage. Some people liked it. I liked it, but a lot of people hated it. So, okay, we're not doing the group stage. Now we're going to do three game series so we can still have more games and then single elimination, which I personally like less than a group stage. And now they're talking about potentially expanding the field to nine players with an eight versus nine play in game. Then the three round first, then the three game first round, and then the single elimination. Uh, John, what, what if I- everybody <laughs> makes the playoffs? Ted? What about, what if we do that? Everyone is the, makes the playoffs. How about that? The regular season is for funsies only. Uh, I, I think what they should do is, Similar to how it was rumored that only people who were on Twitter Blue could vote for the polls uh, about what happens <laughs> to Twitter, only Apple TV subscribers, Apple go. TV Plus subscribers, will get to vote on the playoffs. Yeah, there you that's go. How the, that's the only fair way to do it. I think that's what they've got to do. That's the, that's the way forward. And then someone puts promotion versus relegation, and then it's like, that's <laughs> next. Sorry, owners, you didn't have any choice. They voted on the poll. I think it's um, I think it's as good as any other reason to change anything. So so let's discuss. I mean, there's there's obvious. Obvious reasons why these United fans should love it. <laughs> Do we? I don't know. Okay, so so the more teams, the better. We need <laughs> we need the cushion. Yeah, uh, maybe in one sense, but I mean, if you if you make that ninth spot, you play one game in this sort of play in game mm-hmm. and get kicked out. Did you really play in the playoffs? Ask all the teams uh, in, in baseball that are in the wild card play in game now. If you made Fair. the playoffs or not. Fair, fair, fair. But I mean, that's still like you still I think they have what 12 of the 30 teams. So you still had to achieve like basically being the ninth team and then getting kicked. I don't know. It's just that it's it's a joke. I just <laughs> as a, for the team where we have been historically, I would like it, even if it's a joke, even if it's a joke uh, of a playoff run. Uh, I prefer it because it gives us something more to talk about <laughs> solely from a podcaster position. More yeah. more weeks in which there are games that are real to talk about it. Well, you know, and I think what it does, I mean, there's obvious reasons for it. They want more teams in it later in the season. So they want, you know, they they do not want, they want to sort of, you know, avoid the sort of dead rubber games. They want to avoid the, you know, the meaningless games. But I mean, I think what's been, what's been raised here is we've got a couple of things going on here. So, I mean, it, you have the Leaks Cup. Which, if you're a team that gets eliminated in the playoff, you know, eliminated, say, by July, by July, it's looking like, you know, there's no way you're going to, you're, you know, bottom or near the bottom of the table. You have no shot at making the playoffs. And our, t- and our fans would never know what that felt like and what those were, <laughs> what you're talking about there. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it makes sense to me that sure. then, like, then you just, you have, that's why you have the Leagues Cup. You can now, you have that whole tournament. You can, maybe you can go out and maybe it's looking really bad by the summer window. And you say, you know what, like, let's like, we're going to have a banger summer window. We're going to sign players. We're going to, you know, make moves to build a team that can then compete in that League's Cup tournament. So you almost have that tournament, even if fans start to get kind of, even if you sort of turn off some of your fans, they would at least tune in 
to maybe see how their team does in that. That would still be a game of of consequence. Um, so it almost it, it feels very it feels very weird to me that I guess MLS is doing this because because it almost negates a little bit of that league's cup. Like now it's like now like it almost because you're keeping more teams in the playoffs playoff picture, then you're going to have more teams maybe that are like, well, now we can't, you know, we got this player that maybe, you know, if, if the season didn't matter, we bring him back a little early from injury and play him in the league's cup so we can win it. Now, maybe we hold him back. You know, I, I think, I think it negatively impacts this. Obviously there's, you know, the notion of ninth place teams making the playoffs are literally bad teams that are going to be making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. So I uh, think uh, it, they don't know yet how serious other teams are going to take leagues cup. So give them a year and see if teams take it seriously and play their best lineups. Mm-hmm. And then if that's the case, like then it acts as the thing you're talking about of a, you know, of an alternative route for non good teams, non playoff teams. Yeah. I mean, my, my notion of this is always my thought on the MLS cup playoffs is keep it at, keep it at 50% or knowing you're expanding you're going to get to 50%. And I think eight, eight and eight would keep me engaged where I feel like, yes, there's still one or two mediocre teams are still going to make the playoffs, but you know, you're going to, you're going to be, you're this, this league is going to 32, I think is probably going to happen with, with what they need as far as, I mean, it's all indications seem to make that there's 32. And once you get to 32, then it's eight, eight and eight. Um, and you can, Keep that as your playoff. It's right at 50%. I mean, 50% for me is always the line. Um, I understand the idea of making the season more engaging. We don't have relegation. You need something to sort of keep the bottom half of the table engaged and keep the games engaging so you don't have a lot of dead rubber games. Uh, but again, you know, even for those bottom teams, you know, we've had seasons where you know we're still engaged. And it also, I think it brings up this league and what's been talked about a lot is this league wants to be a selling league. And you're these dead rubber games maybe then allow a coach to be like, all right, let's give, let's give, uh, you know, let's give Christian Fletcher a try. Let's throw him out there. Let's see how he does. That happened last year with DC. They, they played a lot of young players that maybe would not have otherwise gotten starts if they were, even if they were fighting for relegation or if they were fighting uh, for a playoff spot. So, and I think it gave it a chance to see, you know, what they had and maybe where they think, Hey, you know, we can fill in, you know, we think, you know, we think Jackson Hopkins is going to be, you know, is going to be a better player, a great player here soon. So, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep, you know, we don't have to worry about this spot because we think Jackson Hopkins can step into that because we've seen it. And, you know, again, selling players is what the league wants to be. So it seems short-sighted. It seems just, you know, short-term gain, long-term, long-term pain for MLS. And I think, I think that's a fair criticism of it. So, all right. Uh, Bill Hamid news. No, he's not signing with DC. Kind of. <laughs> Bill Amid, still a free agent, still not having a team. He had been apparently um, asked to help out over at with Loud United. Um, he asked. He asked uh, Dave Casper if he could train with Loudon, and they they allowed him to. Okay. So that's and also uh, I think the the thing that's funny is in the Steve Goff article about this. He asked Bill like, "Oh, would you sign for Loudon?" I think asking him in a not serious way. Uh, but Bill took that, I think, in a serious way. Like, yeah, I'd love to stay close to home if that's an option. So uh, I don't know if he's actually going to sign for them, but that would be, to me, a hilarious thing. And I would, <laughs> I think he would dominate USL probably, even <laughs> having not played since May. Would be kind of cool to see. Uh, but yep, Bill's still out there looking for a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's all there is really about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel, I think I feel bad for the guy. I feel like he wants. 
he wants an opportunity to be the number one. I think he sounds like he's had some offers, but it's been mostly like, well, you know, you're kind of a, a backup or you're a, a person, you know, if our, if our keeper, if our starter gets hurt, then, you know, you're the next one up, you know, we want you to just kind of be there to challenge. And I think rightly so. He's like, no, I mean, I'm, I feel like I can be a, I mean, we, we all know Bill's personality. He wants to be the number one. He thinks he, he feel believes very, very much in his talent. Um, I, but I think, you know, I think right now he's making appearances for Fox five DC during the world cup. So I think he's probably happy where he is. I mean, he's, I think he's probably, he's running a sock. He has to be running like a soccer camp or some goalkeeper, camp goalkeeper well. club. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think he's fine where he is. He's still a, a new, a new dad. So I think it's fine. And, and I think it was also mentioned that the plan from Wayne Rooney was to play him in the final game. Like the final game of the season was to give him a chance to get a send off, but you know, new dad, he became a new dad and a lot was of other- also there was also a there was also a, a health in, health issue in his family. So that was uh, not previously yeah. reported. Yeah. So he had to, he had to be around more for that. So I think that that's good. I mean, not that's not good. I'm glad that it was not just a matter of like, I don't really want to train because I'm a new dad. Like mm-hmm. having ha, many people having been a, a once a new dad, like, yeah, OK, I, it does. It does tire you out. But I think maybe for this thing that has been part of your life since you've been 17. So if it was more than that and it was that that was good to know, I think just from a fan perspective that he just wasn't going to be able to gear up and that's fine. Yep. And I guess probably the bigger the bigger news related to DC because um, there hasn't been whole much a lot of a lot else to talk about with the team is the brand new away jersey has finally hey. been fully it's been rumored it's been concept it's been teased by Pablo Maurer finally finally fully sort of revealed or leaked uh, by Footy Headlines who gets all the leaks and everything uh, we have the Cherry Blossom jersey has finally the DC finally did the thing um, I think some people have rightly pointed out. Uh, very, very late. And I think they missed, I think it's a missed opportunity. There has been, you know, from the nationals uh, to the wizards, I think the capitals have done one as well. Hmm, I don't know. I'll have to check. I'm not sure, but I know the definitely the wizards and the nationals have done the cherry blossom Jersey. Uh, they, those jerseys, I will say, I think both of them, especially the nationals ones is better than this kit. Um, in a lot of ways, I think there has been some people talk, well, you know, you can't go too far away from the branding. Some people think it's too safe. John, what are your opinions of it? I know you're, you're, you're probably going to buy it. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's to say I'm going to buy it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I, but people want it to see more pink. People want it to be more daring. Have you met DC United? Have you seen MLS? <laughs> like seen how this is, this is extremely daring for their, the last two, even the marble Jersey is out of the box from their perspective. If you look mm-hmm. over the years at the away jerseys, the previous one was a white t-shirt. So just like as a means of seeing about growth over time, uh, they are doing that. I like it. Buy it. If you want it, if you don't, uh, don't, and then it'll be on sale in two years for 60 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think this is I think I'm hopeful we have kind of reached the end and maybe we'll have a regress back to the back to the to the Haynes T-shirt. I, I think the Haynes T-shirt. That was the low point. <laughs> burned a lot of clubs, including DC United, including yep. Colorado, everybody. I think they got so much. You're seeing a lot more teams go out and at least try something different or try something. new. Sometimes it doesn't always work. Um, I think there've been a couple kits I've been like that looks weird. I mean, obviously Seattle's new away kit looks absolutely. I think it's like the Bruce Lee kit. Um, I you know I think uh, Nashville is leaning into their music scene. I can't remember the musician that they're basing it after, basing it after. Um, and I think it you know shows that 
you know, MLS fans want unique kits. And I think it's fine. I think it's fine to have a baseline kit, have a base kit that like doesn't really change. Maybe you do something to enhance it a little bit, but you have your baseline look. And, and I mean, for DC, that is the black kit. And I had no problems with, I bought the, the recent, the recent Jersey um, and everything. Uh, Cause I wanted a harder. I wanted hard on the back basically. Um, but I think your away Jersey, if, if you're not going to do a third kit, your away Jersey should be where you do something off the wall or out of the box or try to try to be a little daring um, and make something interesting. Um, that should be your canvas to to do different things, and I think we're seeing a lot of teams take advantage of it. I think the uh, like the Galaxy kit, I think the away kit is going to be like a homage to um, um, to their old kit, which I which I found out actually I didn't know this. I think their first kit is actually supposed to be based after like the Los Angeles City flag or something like that. Huh. So um, yeah, doing doing do fun things, do cool things. It can backfire. Remember the cruise? Like I think it's like the Columbus flag kit that was just kind of like blue and like this yellow. Did not I, that was one of the ugliest kits I think I've ever seen in 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 in, in soccer. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes you you know you take that risk and you get something good. So and DC United is not in the top ten of these. So like what you're losing is minimal, really, mm-hmm. if you think about it. So I think. They're in a they're in a position to take risks, whereas a team like Atlanta United is in more of a like, listen, this is our bread and butter. We can't screw this up because this mm-hmm. actually is a, a a real line on the balance sheet. For for DC United, it's probably not. It, the 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 sounder. I mean, I I do think this. I think that this kit will sell well. I think it'll sell better than a lot of their other kits. I think you'll have people who maybe haven't bought a kit in a while who are going to jump on this one as like a unique kit to go out and get um i think from a you know from a kit head perspective i think you'll get some of those people so um we'll see like it, your full, forward madison uh by jersey buyer buyers like some yeah all those all those all those <laughs> schmucks out there who buy those yep. uh forward yep. madison kits um, yep. like despite me hey it got it got the kickers to to go out and do some stuff some interesting stuff with their kits so yeah, um, I'm honestly Richard, uh, Richard, Rich, <laughs> Richmond kickers news. You see Carlton Belmar sign with the, the kickers. I did see that. Pretty cool. He played he played very briefly for the uh, team in Fredericksburg as well uh, yep. before he went back on to Richmond RVA, I think. And then they went there. Yep. He's so, a strong player. The team's looking kickers. good. Yeah, they are. Let's see if they repeat the regular season it, performance. Going to be going to be tough. They lost. They've lost a lot of talent. A lot of guys that were particularly obviously Jonathan Bologna is playing over at at uh, in Indiana. I think at the MLS next pro next pro level. Um, all right. We got some other news to talk about us. So- uh, preseason's all done by the way, team wrapped up. Uh, Ted Cudi Pietro MVP of preseason. I think you can say, I think so. That means he's going to be the young player of the year. I think, I yep. think that's confirmed. Put your money in now. Call, go to, go to FanDuel. <laughs> take that, take that Matt Doyle naming Chris Durkin as breakout player, which Boom. to me was, that was just, I, 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 I love Matt Doyle. I love his content. I love his stuff. He's a very, very smart guy. He, he, I have learned things from him about the game, but sometimes he does things and I'm like, dude, man, what are you, what are you talking about? I have learned yeah, that he like, doesn't know is, who the how, young players how, on this how, team are. How, how, how is it Chris Durkin can be breakout player when he has already played, started for DC as a youth player, was sold to, to a Belgian team, came back, but he still had, he had some stints where he was starting for a, for a top level team in Belgium. Um, which is not a not a slouch league by any stretch of the imagination. So I I I didn't really get that. I thought you know Ted Cudi Pietro was a good shout. Obviously after preseason, Jackson Hopkins could have been a good shout, um, but he went with, he went with Chris Durkin. So whatever. Um, 
athletic news along inside the article about the expanded playoffs was U.S. soccer considering a national training center. Atlanta and Cary, North Carolina, among the cities being considered. Obviously, a southern location is probably required, I would say. Um, a carries a little bit north, so it can get a little bit cold, but you definitely want a place that has decent weather um, or money. I think in Atlanta's case, money and an ability to build a uh, um, a indoor facility that would probably rival. So, um, you know, carry uh, North Carolina is an interesting thing. I think I could see them bidding for it. I think they would want. Uh, obviously, I think what's, what's been talked about is that you know the Galaxy at Dignity Health Sports Park had a something that served as sort of the the U.S. soccer training facility, but it wasn't a place they owned. Same with Kansas City and everything like that. So good to see. I mean, we're probably one of the only, you know, national, you know, major national teams that does not have a central training facility, which is crazy to think about all the building that's been going on. Um, so I think it's definitely something that needs to happen. It would include 14 groomed fields for senior youth, other national teams as well, and as well as cutting edge, cutting edge facilities. Uh, where do you want it, John? You want Atlanta or North Carolina? Which one do you want? North Carolina because it's closer? I mean, I, I cannot imagine the context in which either of you or I travel to the uh, to the National <laughs> Training Center. So I really, I think uh, Cary would be cool because it would be the coolest thing in Cary. I think without a doubt, Atlanta will have a little bit of competition and Atlanta United will probably try to claim some halo around it. So uh, Cary, <laughs> I don't want to give I don't want to give Atlanta any sort of juice. Well, also, I mean, it's also it's also the the site of the most famous picture in U.S. soccer sure. history with, <laughs> with the most Atlanta famous Donovan. water the f- most famous water uh, water cooler slash uh, water fountain, and that is that's still there, right? Or did Pablo yeah. get it like taken off and no, like he I, owns it now or something? I, well, I think he took it and he actually drove it. It is now at the United uh, the the Soccer Hall of Fame in, in Frisco. So he actually he picked it up apparently and drove it. So it has now been. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Got to love. And then, of course, not maybe U.S. soccer adjacent news, though. It looks like I think uh, apparently uh, there might be another team in the in the services of this coach. Jesse Marsh was fired from Leeds United after they spent, what, 50, 40, 50 million dollars on transfers. He got one game and they said, nope, we've seen enough. I mean, and he's look gone. at Chelsea <laughs> and Tuchel at the beginning of the year. Clearly, you 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 get to shop whatever you want and you don't get to cook with your ingredients. I think that's how they do it. To me, to me, it's it's to me, it's a little insane. Uh-huh. I, it is not like it is not like Leeds United where they were teetering on the edge of relegation. There's no doubt they had struggled. But then to give him to basically say, oh, we're going to sign all these players. And then after one game, you drop a, a game to a, you know, a mid table, you know, Nottingham Forest side. So I think if they lost one, nothing to Man City or something like that, I, I think Jesse's still here. But then you just kind of say, like, oh, we've seen enough. That's it. You're fired. And then have to scramble to figure out a coach that can fit Jesse Marsh's style. Yeah. Um, it, to you me, fire the coach before the window closes, not after the window closes, you big dummies. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't make any sense. And it's just whatever. I don't, I, I hope they, I don't hope they get relegated because now they're the uh, U.S. Central. So I, I clearly, I hope they, they manage. And it is very cool to watch the destroyers of the United States midfield. Just, just going around <laughs> wrecking Manchester United players. That is enjoy. I mean, I don't know about, I'm, I'm sure this is probably the case. This They're like everyone's favorite, second favorite team in the EPL. Like once your team's done, you want to watch them because something funny is going to happen. Then yeah. we're full. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, they went out, they, they did not, were not able to get a result against Manchester United. They dropped, but they looked good. They came back in two, nothing, a two, nothing went up to nothing. And then um, Chris Armis, uh, coach of the year. 
Chris Armis as they have a weird like everybody's calling like I think America everyone in America is like Chris Armis is the is the interim coach they actually I don't think they actually named an interim coach they basically said the three assistants are going to be kind of doing this like it's a committee situation <laughs> crazy crazy I will see who they hire um, and whether whether uh, Chris Armis is still there but the main story of course from a U.S. soccer perspective this is a guy uh, that for a while was floated as hey this is a guy you want to bring in to be the national team coach um, in fact, I believe Jim Curtin said on the radio, he would, be, if he was offered the assistant coach position, he, he shied away from the head coach position, but if he wanted to be offered the assistant coach position on the U S national team, he would leave it for Jesse Marsh. Go ahead. I'd be pissed if I was a union fan. Oh, I would be too. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know this job sucks so much, Jim. Sorry, oh, man. Yeah. Well, and considering like what he's built in Philly, he, like, is, he is like, he's going to get a statue in Philly. And he, he was just like, yeah, I mean, I'll just go. It's fine. I don't even have to be the coach. I could just like <laughs> help run trainings. It's fine. I mean, I think obviously the draw of hosting being on the sidelines, coaching a world cup team, you know, I think he would look at it as an ability to, along with his Philly stuff to grow his, his, his resume. And, you know, also I, 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 I have my doubts whether he would, it would have to be, it seems like to me it would have to be a perfect situation for him to do so. But what are you like, what are your, like, so obviously right now it's looking like, I think the latest news is that Jesse Marsh might end up in Southampton. He should uh, not. He should not. <laughs> he should not do that. Uh, apparently doesn't Southampton play like a similar style though. So they may be looking for like a stylistic fit. They like, might, but it's going to be a team that is also in the relegation hunt. Also a team you can't bring in your own players. Also, like you, you've got a you're it's the plane that is descending already. And having just jumped off one of them, I wouldn't maybe not go to the other one. I would say maybe we'll sit it out. We'll see. But then of course, then what is the what is the would you want Jesse Marsh as a national team good? Some people are like absolutely. Other people sure. are like Yeah, I'm not so. so sure. I I like I like his um I like his motivational style. I like, so I mean, he, the, the easy and boring, uh, analysis everyone does is like, he's like Ted Lasso. Cause like, you know, he's over there coaching in, in England and like, he's really yeah. positive and okay. That's very lazy. That's super, super lazy. But like, there are things he does that remind me. It's one of my favorite sort of coaching anecdotes off the field is from Leeds. Actually, I think two years ago, uh, Marcelo Bielsa was uh, coaching the team and they were uh, at, I think they were at their training ground and there was like trash and crap everywhere. And instead of practicing, he's like, you're going to pick all this stuff up. Everyone's going to take a bag and you're going to clean this up because I want you to understand that the work that gets put in by the normal person who comes and sees you is real work and, and, and like backbreaking work. And it's stuff like this where it's there's no glory in it. And so you should understand the fans that are, you know, that you're representing, like what they're there i was like i was like damn that's what i like and to the jesse marsh version of that is like talking about they did the they did they cleaned up their locker room after the fa cup and put mm-hmm. it in and then he posted on linkedin which goes just perfect with this whole vibe <laughs> he's he's a poster on linkedin he's not like a tweet he's not a twitter guy he's like he's like a grind set guy on, on linkedin but uh like having th- those sort of things are cool I, i'm not, i don't want to speak to his tactics and the fact that he got fired from leeds i don't think is a so did bielsa lots of people mm-hmm. have been fired from leeds apparently um I it's think- the it's the nature of i mean honestly it's the nature of of coaching a mid-table to relegation threatened yeah. club every season it, you know you are going to be on the hot seat every time because there is millions and millions of dollars 
that you lose when you get relegated. And there's a lot of money on the line for that. So, and as an American, that's the opportunities you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to get to coach the, the Chelsea's and the, and the Juventus and the, all, that's just, that's not how it's going to go for you. Yeah. It w- and you know, I guess the one, the one thing talking about is style. I've, I've kind of thought, first I thought, Oh, it seemed, it's like a perfect fit. Obviously I want him in here. Learning a little bit more about his style and kind of how he thinks about the game. He obviously plays a pressing style. He plays where you're against the ball. I have concerns about that type of rigid philosophy. I think it's fine for a club, a club, a club. You mean like Greg also similar, sort of similar, sort of like rigid, similar to Greg, but I think Greg was willing to adjust. And I think he was open. And I think he did adjust how the team how the team played like they he tried different things and I think he tried to instill a passing style and then he kind of said well I don't think it's good we got these young players let's press the heck let's press the heck out of people and it when it worked it worked well um but he did he adjusted some things I would have concerns about Jesse Marsh being so rigid in this idea of like this is how we're gonna play and I don't care how many games we lose and you know blah 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 blah, blah. And he's just gonna do that the entire time now it might fit I mean he's got a very still a very very young team they're going to be a little bit older, but they're still going to be on the young side. They're going to be mm-hmm. probably some of the more athletic players he's had. Um, you know, it might be a good fit right now. I don't think it would be a long-term fit because as those players get older and the international game, you're not going to be able to play Jesse Marsh's style once these guys are 29 and 30. Um, but I think for right now, it could be it could be a good fit based on how the national team is constructed right now. And maybe that's good enough. Maybe that's good enough for right now. So um, I don't know. The other names being bandied about, I think Zidane was being talked about. Mourinho was talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Tata Martinez, Tata, Tata Martino was ta- is talked about. There, I, I like, I like, uh, you know, how many of these things are actually real and how many of this is just whatever. But well, I like that if they are, I like that they're being aggressive and I like that they're being, uh, you know, well, of course, chances. Well, of course, the thing is, is that they're talking about, and this is this is where I think the U.S. soccer deserves a lot of a lot of criticism is that they have Ooh, stated. What? what's that u.s soccer deserves criticism for something yeah well this is this is i think pretty egregious and i think it's been pointed out very by a lot of other outlets is they are not making any moves until they hire a gm or a sporting director for the u.s men's team and then they're going to hire the coach and they're going to do it by end of august which is you are missing you are potentially missing out on actual games that matter and opportunities to have that coach go into maybe not like, you know, low stakes. I won't call the gold cup low stakes because it's still a tournament. You expect the U S to go in and win, win, or at least be in the final against Mexico. Mm -hmm. And if you lose that, well, it's Mexico. They're still your rival disappointing, but not disastrous. Having Anthony Hudson in here, having not having a defined, you know, what are we going to be at the world cup? And it's also been talked about. I mean, this is going to be a short run to the World Cup. There's already six months, three and a half years until the next World Cup because it's going to be in the summer. And this last World Cup was in the rent, in the winter. Not a whole lot of time. Now, I think they are gambling that, you know, Greg Berhalter has sort of built the foundation. And so you don't need as much time to sort of build on top of that. But, I mean, it's, it's a massive risk they're taking in my mind. And I think a lot of people's mind. And I think it, it's a little baffling. So... I don't know. I, w- I would have been surprised if they reverse course. Maybe they'll get this hire done sooner, but maybe the sporting director they hire already has a name they want and they get something hired quicker than they think. But it just seems baffling to me. You've got Nations League coming up. You've got Gold Cup coming up. I mean, you've got serious tournaments that you are you are going to need to see who your what your team is going to be. 
Um, or you just keep playing Paul Ariola and make everyone mad. <laughs> so that's another option, which is a good one. Except DC fans, obviously. Except DC fans. And us. maybe and Dallas, fans. and Dallas fans. But yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, short show, but uh, we're we have we are twelve days away from the season. We're gonna have much longer shows, much longer to talk, to talk about. Um, yes, once the ones that happen. So I'm so looking forward to games and actually having games to watch. Um, yeah, I think uh, Patreon.com/slash/refugees. If you want to support the show, we also Twitch.tv/slash/refugees, which is our live show. Which you're if you're watching right now, you already know <laughs> Hello, about. Right? If you're listening to the podcast version of this show. Uh, you probably don't know about it. I'll be doing a Twitch. I'll be doing that football manager on Twitch on Thursday night, probably around 830 usual recording time we have for this show. Um, so check that out. Um, and we will catch you guys next week. We're closer and closer to the regular season. Vamos. Vamos. God, I want games. <laughs> I want to talk about games.